is an omniscient God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Elohim God. He is the El Shaddai God. He is the Adonai God. He is the Jehovah Jireh. He is the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask. And before you open your mouth, he knows it already. He knows it. No, he knows it. Tell somebody he knows it. And he will do it. You know, it is, it is so beautiful and so interesting. Because he says, look, it doesn't matter what it is. And unlike other gods who are limited, this God is not limited. His capacities is infinite. The Bible says he calls those things that be not as if they were, and they must appear. They must obey the word. So when God decrees it, it has to be established. When he opens his mouth, it has to be established. So God shows up on the scene and he says, I am going to deliver this. I, I, I love it. And that is why we don't have to fret. We don't have to worry. When Pastor Paul was leaving the prayers, he said, this is the month. This is the month where God must come through for us. And as if the man knew that I'll be preaching about this. It is your month. Your month of breakthrough. Your month of open door. Your month of deliverance. Your month of healing. Your month of provision. It is the month that you have been waiting for. I speak into your life. It is that man that you are waiting for. Why? Because, he, listen, the Bible says that God, God himself, he, he didn't say I will send angels. Maybe angels will delay. Like the way that angel was held up by the prince of Persia. Was it the angel Gabriel or angel Michael? Held up by the prince of Persia and for 21 days, I imagine God himself saying that I am coming down to deliver. Is there an angel? That principality has not been born yet. That principality that says I'm going to stop God from doing that thing in your life. He has not been born yet. He has not been manufactured left. He has not been produced yet. No, he has not. So God sets out the machinery to deliver his children. And the Bible says... That God himself arranged things. And we know the story. God chooses Moses. Anoints Moses. Empowers Moses. And look at how God changed, turned Moses around. And look at how God put things in place. And look at how God gave the man so, so much courage to go to, back to the land of Egypt where he was running from. Oh, I don't know the places you have run from before. But receive the power and the grace. To go back there or receive the power and the grace to go back to that business receive the power and the grace to go back to your family receive the power and the grace to go back to the relationship that where the people rejected you go back there because i speak prophetically when you go back there every door that was shut against you will be open every every opportunity that you lost when you go back there you recover them in a multiple folder anyone who did you did you, did you evil in the past i speak into your life they will do you good they will run to do you good because this time around you are returning with an 
extraordinary power. You are not returning on your own, but you are returning in the agenda of Elohim. You are returning with the agenda of the Most High God. You are returning as a new person. The Bible says when a man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. They will see you and they will not recognize you. They will see a new being. They will see a new sorrow. They will see a new individual. And they will say, we are sorry. We did you evil before. But now we restore in multiple fold whatever we did to you. If you believe that, put your hands together for Jesus this morning. Moses goes back and the rest is history. I'm not interested in that. Because if I move along those lines, we will not live here. But we see how God supernaturally causes the Egyptians, causes the Israelites to have favor before the Egyptians, causes the Egyptians to be consumed or to be drowned in the river in the Red Sea and we see how ultimately God leads them into the wilderness and we see how God orchestrated it and God says well there is a land I'm going to give to you and somehow Moses chose 12 people to go and spy the land and he brings them a report hallelujah but whilst they were in the wilderness these people started memory. These people started complaining. These people started, the God, sometimes God says, the, these people have become stiff-nerved people. Started memory. And so the reason why I read Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 and 8 is to say that first of all, were these people involved when God was designing to liberate them? They were not. So God, out of his own accord, says, well, I have seen, I know, I have heard, maybe through some means, and I am going to do a miracle in your life. God moves them out of bondage into freedom. And these people started complaining. So is it right for you to, is there anybody who lives in Insawom here? Is there anybody who comes from Isawom? Please come. How much does it cost, say, by taxi from here to Isawom? You have an idea? Taxi. You have never taken taxi to Isawom before. God will cause you to take a taxi very soon. But who has an idea? But let's say, let's say for the sake of this preaching, that it costs about, no, don't go. Let's say it costs, sorry, about 30 cities. So let me do something. Let me, okay, just give me 20 cities. I just need 20 cities. Oh, somebody says 60. I hear 60, so give me 40. Or you give me 50. <laughs> My wife says, mm. <laughs> the thing is, is becoming. So, he was sitting down. This our brother was sitting down. And I got to know that he comes from Insaum. But going to Insaum every day is difficult. Or every time he comes to church. So I come to him. They say it costs 60 Ghana cities to go to Insaum. But I give you 50 cities. No, we are not done. It's okay. Don't worry. 
you see, when I, when, I, when, when I preach the word of God, I like to practicalize it so that we appreciate it. So I give you 50 Ghana cities. Should you be happy or you should be sad? You should be happy. I should be happy. You should be happy. So if somebody gave you 50 cities out of your 60 cities, he has not met your needs fully. But at least he has given you substantial part of the money. You can go and see that. So do you know what happens? God shows up and he says, on my own accord, I am freeing you. I am setting you free. And I am taking you to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. But you will go through a process to get there. God gives them 50 cities out of the 60 cities. And God says, with time, I will add the 10 cities. Hallelujah. And these people started murmuring and complaining. And we do that every day. We remember and we complain. We remember and we complain. We grumble every day telling God why our situation is not right. But hey, have you ever taken time to ask yourself, do you deserve the things that God has done for you? Do you deserve them? Do you deserve the things that God has done for you? Hallelujah. Listen, and these people say, we are better off going back to Egypt where we will eat the food there and be slaves than be eating God's bread and be free. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Does it make sense that we are better off going to Egypt? I don't know about you, but I'd rather even go on fasting and be free than eat food and be under bondage. And these people say, well, Moses, are you the only one that God has chosen? We also have what it takes. We can hear from God. Moses, you are taking too much upon yourself. Give me the verse 3 of, of Numbers. I think it's Numbers chapter 16, verse 3. Verse 3. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift up ye yourself above the congregation of the people. Look at this. Look at this blaspheming. Look at these ungrateful souls. Look at these people. The Spirit of God is in all of us. But it doesn't mean that God has chosen all of us to be leaders. What these people did not know is that God does not run his kingdom by committees. God does not run his kingdom by majority vote. But God runs his kingdom because he alone is God. Can I prove that to you? When the 12 spies went to spy the land and when they came back, 10 of them said we cannot conquer the people there because we were like what? They were like giant before us. Majority of the people went with the 10. Only two, Caleb and Joshua said, God 
this with us, we are, uh, we are well able. Now, I came to tell you that you don't have to move with the majority. I came to tell you that you don't need majority for you to receive your breakthrough, for you to receive your healing. If God says he's going to do it, he will do it by himself. He said, I have sworn by myself. Listen to me this morning. You don't need majority. You don't need majority. You don't need committees. You don't need everybody. You don't need the multitude. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask. God will come through for you. Let the whole world reject you. You don't need them. You don't need them. You don't need them. Your God is enough for you. With your God, you can run through the troops and can leap over a wall. He's your sufficiency God. He's your all-sufficient God. He's your all-provider God. He's able to do all things for you. You don't need the majority. Let them go. You don't need them. You don't need them. You don't need them. And the 10 people that these people followed because of that, that generation, the entire generation, were consumed in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb. So God does not need majority. He doesn't. He can do it by himself. He can do it by himself. He can deliver by himself. He can provide by himself. He can heal by himself. You don't need majority. Tell somebody, I don't need majority. What I need is just God. I need just God. I need just God. Listen. The spirit of memoring and complaining is dangerous. It is dangerous. And the reason why I am preaching this word also for, is because the environment we have found ourselves now, if care is not taken, God will be very angry with us as Christians. Things are hard, we know. Times are hard, we know. Hallelujah. There are businesses are not doing well, we know. Employment is nowhere to be found, we know. Men are not even proposing to women anymore, we know. And our women are single, we know. People are sick, they are not getting their breakthroughs, their healings, we know. But what we still know is that God is the same yesterday. He's the same today. He will be the same tomorrow. He changes not. He is a miracle working God. If he caused the rest to part and to do for yesterday, he can do it again today. If he fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread, he can feed them the same today. If he caused the dead to rise, he can cause the dead to rise again. God is able to do all this. Nothing changes about him. So Osafo, your situation is not determined by your environment and your circumstance around you. Your situation is determined by your God. And if the capacity of your God does not change, it means that you will come out of your situation. It means that you will come out. Listen, let us kill the sin of memory and grumbling with singing and with scriptures kill it instead of remembering and complaining because grumbling there is a difference between grumbling and groaning you see in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 26 the Bible says that even the spirit help us to groan God accepts groaning groaning is when you go to God and you let God know your pain you cry out to God with, for your pain. So it is between you and your God. But you see, 
grumbling or murmuring is when you protest. You protest for, be, for being treated unfairly. You are letting the world know. So you see, grumbling or murmuring is against God. What, what, when you are grumbling or murmuring or complaining, you are against God. But when you are groaning, you run to God. So it is allowed for us to groan. But never ever complain. Never ever complain. Because God hates complaining. Hallelujah. A complaining spirit is an ungrateful spirit. Amen. So, when they got to that point, they had frustrated Moses. Moses now said what he said in chapter 9, verse 9 of Numbers chapter 16. So, can I now start my preaching? I, I, I want to start preaching now. Tell somebody who wants to start preaching now. So Moses responded. And for Moses also to respond at this particular point, it means that the man had had it here. The man was full. The Moses that we know normally will not complain or normally will not react. But Moses was forced to react. Listen, let's be careful. Let's be careful. The day we think that because of our anointing or because of a word we preach or because of something, a gift we have, the day we equate ourselves to our spiritual fathers or mothers or the day we start competing with our leaders, that is the day we are finished. Let's take note. Even in this house, the day any of us makes an attempt to equate himself or herself with either the mother or the father of this house, that is the day you are finished, according to this scripture. Because you see, let me run you through. If you go to, we won't take it, but the Bible says in Numbers chapter one, Num Numbers chapter one, verse one, you see there, Numbers chapter uh, two, verse one, you see there, Numbers chapter three, Three verse five, you will see there. Numbers chapter four verse one, you see there. Numbers chapter five verse one, you see there. Numbers chapter six verse one. It runs through up to Numbers chapter twelve. What do you see? The Bible says, "And God spake to Moses, and God spake to Moses, and God spake to Moses." God recognized only Moses in this house. God recognized only one person, and that person is Reverend Clement Anchaba. You and I are under Him, and we must submit to the authority of the mother and the father of this house. Because here God will not speak to us concerning this congregation. And that is why the Bible says that believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophet and you will prosper. Listen, for you to prosper, you must submit to them in this house. It doesn't matter who you are. For you to make it, you must. The day you refuse, you have become a rebellious person and God will say, well, I don't need this person in this house. And God will be very angry with you. God will be very angry with you. Hallelujah. So Moses responded. And he said, well guys, let me tell you something. Let me remind you, maybe you don't know. So he says, is it a small thing? Tell somebody, is it a small thing? Is it a small thing? 
that the God of Israel so Moses said let me remind you maybe you have forgotten maybe you don't know and I am reminding you Antibanis, that it is the God of Israel the God that we are talking about is not an ordinary God maybe if there are other gods maybe you have forgotten you think that if there are other gods there are other small small gods who have gene who are powerless who pretend to be powerful but they are powerless and, 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 and they don't know what they are about they don't know what they are doing but this one that we are talking about it is the most high God it is the supreme God it is the one who rules and reigns in the affairs of man it is the one who is seated in heaven and the earth is his footstool it is the one who decides whatever he wants to do and no man can question him his authority and sovereignty is not in doubt no man he needs no permission from any man to do whatever he wants to do that is the God he said that is the God that we are talking about he said is it a small thing tell some ask somebody is it a small thing that that God he says first of all this God separated you from the congregation of Israel so God separated you I love this let me stay here for a while God separated you he separated you he separated you so 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 it means that there were a lot and God separated you separated you he brought you out and said well this is the one that I have chosen he brought you and said well this is the one that I, I, I love he said this is the one that I have interest in it means that God had other options but you became the number one priority he says he says is there a small thing that this God separated you. Oh, I am asking somebody, is it a small thing that this God came through for you? Is it a small thing that today you are sitting here in the house of the Lord as a saved Christian, as somebody who is born again? Is it by your own way that you became born again? Is it by your own way that today you are sitting here? Can I remind you of something? There were some people you started this journey with. You grew up with today, they are no more. Many of them are in prisons. Many of them are on the street doing Constitution. Many of them have no jobs. Many of them have no place to lay their head. Many of them don't know what tomorrow holds for them. Many of them, many of them today they are mad. Is it a small thing that out of that Lord God separated you and said, Well, touch not my anointing and I do my prophet no harm because this one carries the seal of heaven. Is it a small thing that God says that as for him, we have a special agenda and purpose for him. So this one cannot be touched. Is it a small thing uh, that today you are sitting here you may not be married but is it a small thing don't measure God by what is ahead of you measure God by what is behind you what he has done for you be grateful be grateful this morning is it a small thing is it a small thing oh also also I remember the year very well 1983 a young boy growing up in Winneban. And every day we we'll go to the beach. My mother was not there. My mother had traveled. We we'll go to the beach. I had finished elementary school. And we we'll go to the beach and we'll hustle. Have a good time. We'll go and get some fish. We'll sell and I, would, I thought I was having a good time. And one day, one faithful day, a very close friend of mine, we had just spoken some minutes. The next moment, we saw that the fishermen had cast their nets in, in, in the middle of the sea. They were coming from high seas. They had cast their nets. 
And when they brought the net out, it was a human being. And lo and behold, it was my friend whom I had just spoken to some five, ten minutes ago. He had gone to swim and he never came back. And it is the same sea that I, I had always swam inside. And I, 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 I was never drowned. But this boy got drowned. So is it a small thing that today I am standing here and he was drowned? Is it a small thing? Is it a small thing? I am not rejoicing at the demise of my friend but I am rejoicing because he had decided to have mercy the Bible says he decides to have mercy on whom he want to have mercy on and decide to have compassion on whom he want to have is it a small thing is it a small thing oh oh the year 2003 or 4 thereabout if I'm not me right I, I, I was working with I worked briefly with Briari in Abuazi and my, my, my daughter Victoria had a classmate who was in primary school with her. One day we woke up and this girl was no more. My daughter is still alive today and by the grace of God she's in a school in the US. So is it a small thing that I will crumble and I will memo that somebody's daughter disappeared and my daughter is still alive? I can give you countless examples. Don't measure God by what you are looking up to him for. Measure God by how far he has brought you. Be grateful unto God. Be grateful unto God. In all circumstances, be grateful. Be appreciative. Thank him. Your business may not be well, but thank him. You may not have a job now, but thank him. This may not be going your way, but thank him. You may not be married, but thank him. Because there are people who wish they were like you. Oh, irrespective of who you are, there will always be somebody who is better than you. But the truth is that the same you there will always be somebody that you are better than. Irrespective of who you are. So it doesn't matter. So when you wake up every day, be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Brethren, you sang this song this morning. Ebenezer. Yebetu Ebenezer. Nyame. a job I may be barren men may not be proposing may not be coming my way but there's somebody who last night when he slept he breathed his last breath and it's no more I may be a failure in life but there is somebody who was buried yesterday as of may not be doing well but there is somebody 
who doesn't even have a business at all. I may have an un- I may be unemployed now. But there's somebody who can never even think of getting a job. If I were you, I won't sit down. I will stand up and begin to place him. Worship him. Lord, we are thank you. It's a privilege that as of today you are still here it is a privilege God has given you 50 cities even though you don't deserve the 50 cities although your needs are 60 cities he has given you 50 cities free of charge and the worst you can do is for you to be ungrateful your situation and your circumstance may be unpleasant. But oh, Uncle Atu, I remember when we were growing up. Elder Auntie, I remember when we were growing up, they used to tell us a story about a man who wanted to go and hang himself because he felt he had nothing. I don't know whether some of us will hear that story. And when the man went there, he removed his clothes and put down and decided to hang him. So when he put the rope around him, somebody came and picked his cloth. And he said, hey! And the person, they said, when the person picked the cloth, he started thanking God. That God, you have given him cloth. The person came down and said, hey, farmer me. I wanted to hang myself. But at least I've seen that I am better than somebody. Yeah, better. Sit down. Let me try and finish this message quickly. Peter said, was it Peter? That, was it Peter or Paul? Who said, silver and gold have I none, but such a Peter. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give. There is always, you may not have gold, you may not have silver, but there is always such as I have. There is a such as I have that you have. You may not have God, you may not have silver, but there is a such as I have. You have good health. It may not be God, it may not be silver, but you have good health. You have peace. You have the, 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 the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. You have God on your side. Such as you have is your God. Such as you have is your peace. Such as you have is your Bible. Such as you have is the Holy Spirit. He may not be silver, but he may not be gold, but he's better than gold he is better than silver such as I have I give unto thee such as I have there is always a such as I have listen as a Christian encourage yourself that there is always a such as I have 
the world does not have such as I have. Because you see, if an unbeliever had shown up when the cripple was sitting and they asked him for gold or silver and he didn't have, he would have walked away. He would have told them, I don't have. But you see, in our case, even when we are dry, we still have reserve. Even when we are dry, we have reserve. So, so I may not have gold, I may not have silver, but there is a such as I have. This morning, I release as such as I have unto you. I release it unto you. I release it unto you. Remember from whence you have come from. I don't even know how I became born again. By divine arrangement. I don't know. I don't know. I never wished. Because no, no one can save himself. But God arranged it. So today, if I am standing here and preaching the word of God, it is the such as I have that God has given me. So the least I can do is to complain. Is to memor. And, and can I tell you this good news? The Bible says a thousand years is like a, a day in the eyes of the Lord. Hallelujah. And that he makes all things beautiful in his time. So, so, so you may know how, you may know eventually when you get to your promised land, the answer is yes. You will get to your promised land. But can I tell you this? This is a big deep. Can I tell you this? Before God takes you to the promised land, he has to bring you out of Egypt and bring Egypt out of you. So, when God takes you out of Egypt, he has to bring Egypt out of you. Because you see, Osofu, when you were in Egypt, you were contaminated with certain things. So when he brings you out of Egypt, Egypt is still in you. So when he brings you out of Egypt, he must bring Egypt out of you. So the wilderness process and experience is to make sure that he brings Egypt out of you. But ultimately, you'll get to the promised land. Be grateful. Be appreciative. Bless him every morning. Honor him every morning. Be, 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 be thankful unto him. You owe your life. And, and the enemy knows this. So the enemy orchestrates things to stop us from appreciating and thanking God. But today the enemy has been exposed. Go back to that. There are just three points and I'll be done. Go back. The scripture where Numbers chapter 16 verse 9. So the first thing is that he separated you. Separated you. Now the second point is that he says he brought you to himself. Brought you to himself. What? That are we talking about mama? Are we talking about the same God? That in my filthy state, in my dirty state, in my horrible state, this God separated me and brought me to himself. Hey, the same God that today I carry the spirit of God 
I carry the anointing of God separated me and brought me to himself that today I can communicate with heaven that today I am the anointed of the Lord that today he said touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm that today he says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and ears are, his ears are open to his cry that today when I cry God hears God brought me to himself oh I read somewhere and he says you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own peculiar people that 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 give me can you give me the scriptures that that he will bring you out of darkness into the, his marvelous light chosen for, for you to bring up his praises out of darkness into his marvelous light today me I stand here that that is who I am God has brought him to himself that God has brought you to himself listen have you ever imagined have you ever imagined that if some of these small gods with you, that even if they want to bring even if they decide to bring you to yourself do you know what you have to go through what you have to go through the sacrifices and the, and the pains and the worries you have to go through but just, just in a simple way separated myself and brought him into himself I am not an ordinary person you are not an ordinary person you are not an ordinary being you are not an ordinary being or I am saying you are not an ordinary person anybody that touches you touches the eyes of God so remember this remember this and stop worrying about the trivial things of life and also when you look at it anybody most of the time the people who crumble grumble daddy most of the time they exaggerate they exaggerate these guys are claiming that if it is better we go back to Egypt Egypt and they gave the impression that in Egypt they were eating, eating nice food were they really eating nice food in Egypt oh, we are better off because if we are going to Egypt we will be eating cucumber and, and the likes they were eating cucumber in the days of the old Pharaoh when God favored them but when the new Pharaoh came the God, God, God never favored them or things had changed so they had no basis to complain. And how dare you complain about the food from heaven? The food from heaven. The word of God. How dare you complain? God is feeding you with the word and you are complaining. And you are saying that you want the word from the world. Don't live your life by the world. Live your life by the word. Live your life by the word and don't live your life by the world because the word is Egypt. Egypt has nothing to offer you. Remember, he chose you, brought you to himself. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, go back. And the last point is that to do the service 
of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation. Is it a small thing that this God separated you? This God, after separating you, he, he, he brought you to himself and he says now, you are, should stand before me to do my work. So God say, brought you out of Egypt to do. Tell somebody he brought me out to do. He brought me out to do. He brought me out to do. You see, whenever you are complaining, you will never see this to do. When you complain and memo, you will never see to do. And that is why there are people who sit in the house of the Lord. They think that God saved them so that they will feel good for God to answer all their needs, for God to provide for them, and they'll be living a super life. Can I tell you something? That is not why God saved you. That is not why God brought you to the kingdom. But God saved you and brought you to the kingdom so that your life will be a shining example for others to, to follow Christ. So that you yourself will go out there and win souls. God did not win you so that you will come to church and live every day. It's an abomination. It is only people who crumble and remember that they will come and they will sit in the house of the Lord. original. Have you seen our pastor? Also, you know, in the, in, in, in the house of God, in the word of God, God never makes mistake. When I was preparing this message, I never even knew Osofu had joined this particular choir. And it's a good example for me to use. Because that is how, that is how I had hoped to end my message. And as soon as I saw him, I said, Father, thank you, because the man has concluded my message for me. Listen, this is our pastor in this house. He preaches to us. He's involved with the Meshach men. And he does so many other things. He's a member of the church board, plus so many things. But uh, can I tell you something? He has joined the choir. He has joined the choir. I want to ask a sincere question as I bring my message to a close because I need to pray for you. If you are in this house and you don't do anything, we are before God. Don't lie. If you are in this house, you don't belong to any ministry, you do nothing. I want you to stand up because I just want to pray for you. I want you to stand up. Stand up. You are before God. You are before God. And I am telling you, I, am not, I have not just preached this message to entertain you. I have not preached this message to entertain you. I have preached this message because God wants somebody to change. You cannot use what God has done for you or has not done for you as a basis to say, I will be available to God. Because he chose you, separated you, brought you to himself to do. So you cannot be in the house of the Lord. You do nothing. You cannot be in the house of the Lord. You don't support anything. You don't win souls. Your resources don't help. come in. And, and can I add this? If you are in this house and you don't pay a tithe, as for you don't pay tight. 
but you work or you earn money i want you to join them you are in this house you earn money you work you are paid periodically but you, you don't pay tight listen if nobody stands up my message is done i will preach and go but god has a purpose and agenda for somebody this morning and i will not want you to disobey i will not want you to disobey i'm still waiting for somebody to stand up you are in this house you do nothing i want to i am not asking you to come forward but i just want to pray with you and after that i will tell you what to do let's bow our heads even as we pray precious father we are grateful unto you for the lives of these ones they have heeded your word this morning it is not the word of a man but it is your word and your word has touched them we ask in the name of Jesus that you will forgive them for not being actively involved we know that you saved them separated and brought them into yourself but the to-do part is missing and this morning they are standing up to say Lord we are ready to do we ask in the name of Jesus point and direct them to that which you want them to do because you are the one who sees our heart we ask in the name of Jesus that even as they make up their mind to get involved with the kingdom things you will favor them you will cause it to be well with them they will see your goodness in the land of your living we thank you this morning and we bless you for the lives of this one because from today everything that you have for them your promises because they are here and amen they will come to pass in their lives we thank you and we bless you in Jesus mighty name we have prayed amen now listen those of us who are standing up I won't ask you to do anything the only thing that I want you to do is that if you don't know the area that it can be useful in the house of God speak to any of the pastors we will ask you a few questions and then we'll direct you as to where you think you can fit in but if you know that there is an area that excites you in the house of God pray about it and I want to encourage you to join do something in the house of God tomorrow might be late hallelujah tomorrow might be late let's put our hands together for Jesus even as they take their seat and if you are in this house you don't support the work of God God gives you something on a daily basis and you are saying that as for me what God gives to me is not enough can I throw in a, a caution this morning God is not happy with you he's not to start with the job you have it was God who gave to you and can I tell you this we carry the mic but in addition to the mic that we carry and preach in all humility we are not paid for this work we are not paid we are not paid for this work some of us we are not paid hallelujah rather apart from what we do we still use our resources to support the kingdom work and I want you to know that God is happy with anyone who makes himself available rise on your feet I have made you too small in my eyes